Our scripture text today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Listen for a word from God. Then Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt so my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy God, open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us today. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Forgiveness is very difficult. Every week here at Fort Street, we say the words of the Lord's Prayer, and many of us say that prayer, echo it at bedtime or other times throughout the week as well. It's a prayer that's familiar, and there's always one line that people get a little bit quiet on. And it's the line about forgiveness. God, forgive us as we forgive others. All those ones that we trespass against, sin against, are in debt to, however you were taught that prayer, it's a part of the prayer that really calls us out. And sometimes we don't really want to utter the words when we get to that part of the prayer. Forgiveness is hard. I love this story in the Bible, and I love, most importantly, the context of it, that it comes after a question from Peter. And I like to imagine that Peter is kind of pulling Jesus over to the side. He's not trying to speak in front of all of the crowds. He's not trying to theologize with the mountaintops. He's sort of asking Jesus on the side, hey, I have a quick question for you. How many times exactly do I have to forgive 
And a question like this makes me think Peter is in a situation where he is having some hard relational work with somebody. And I like to just imagine what that might be. Maybe it's something kind of benign, like one of the other disciples who's just really getting on his nerves. You know, these disciples have traveled together and lived together and walked together and worked together for years at this point. And maybe it was just one of those situations where, you know, maybe it was John who just one too many times stepped on the back of his sandal or was pushing his way to get closer to Jesus, calling himself the beloved one, and just was really irritating Peter. He thought, ugh, how many more times, Jesus? But maybe Peter is wrestling with this idea of forgiveness for a more righteous reason. Maybe he's been paying attention to the way some of the religious leaders of the day have been gunning for Jesus and trying to push him to the edges as a threat. Just a couple of chapters before this, the religious leaders were trying to trap Jesus, asking him to perform miracles so that they could catch him and accuse him of some kind of blasphemy. On some level, Peter knows that this threat is real and that they are getting in the way of the Spirit of God. He probably has a righteous anger towards some of these folks, and he's wondering legitimately, do I still have to forgive this group? They're going against the will of God. Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive? And he offers a ridiculous guess. He says, should I forgive them seven times? And I think this is classic Peter being a little dramatic because at the time, the traditional teaching of forgiveness from rabbis would have been up to three times. And so Peter is saying, no, I could be so gracious and holy. Should I forgive them up to seven times, Jesus? And he's hoping, he's really wanting some kind of black and white answer so that he can get to the point with whoever it is that he is feeling this need for forgiveness with. Maybe he could retaliate against them. Or maybe he could just cut them off or ignore them and move along with his life. But instead of giving Peter this sort of concrete idea of exactly how many times and how to do it, Jesus gives him this beautiful math equation and then tells a story. Jesus says, not seven, but 70 times seven. And in this moment when I imagine Peter doing the mental math of that, he's disrupted enough that Jesus says, let me tell you a story about the kingdom of God. He doesn't even tell him, this is a prescription for what you should do here. He says, let me tell you about the kingdom of God. It's like a king who on the day of reckoning gathered one who owed him an enormous debt. 10,000 talents. Many people have agreed, you know, as they studied the currency of the day that One talent would have been about 16 to 20 years worth of wages. Which means, if you do that quick mental math, that one or 10,000 talents would have been 160,000 years of wages, an impossible debt to pay off. 
I know Bible characters lived for a long time in the Old Testament, but nobody lived 160,000 years to pay off that kind of debt. And so when this one comes to the king, he begs and says, please give me more time as if that would help. Please have mercy on me. And the king does. Not only does he forgive the entire debt, but he frees him. And then not long after this moment of freedom and reconciliation and hope, the first servant runs into someone who owes him a hundred denarii. Now this amount would have still been a fairly significant debt, but one that was absolutely doable to pay off. It's the equivalent of about 30 to 40 days of labor. And so using the exact same words that the first servant used, this one falls to his knees and says, please give me more time, have mercy on me. But that first servant does not. It casts him out. The fellow servants in the community see this and they know some injustice has been done and they report it to the king who is understandably not happy. So this is the story that we get. When Peter really wants a law and he really wants a number in his head, he gets this beautiful equation and then this story. Forgiveness is really, really hard. I think many of us get stuck in that cycle that this servant gets in where we forget the graces that have been given to us, sometimes even moments after we receive them. I saw this in action in a traffic jam on the lodge on Friday when I let somebody in and then they refused to let the next person in from the lane closure. I just did it, come on! We can so easily forget the graces we've been given and turn towards other with jealousy. The word forgiveness, I think, for a lot of us brings up a picture of a person or the feeling of a situation in our bodies. And I want you to just name that for yourself right now. Some of us are in places where we know that we are in positions of needing to forgive someone. Some of us are in positions of wishing others would reach out to us with forgiveness. Some of us just hold hurt for forgiveness that hasn't happened and seems like it never will. Forgiveness is hard. After the Rwandan genocide about 30 years ago, there were some really powerful reconciliation and forgiveness and peace movements happening throughout the area. And I got to hear a story from a woman who was doing reconciliation work in this community at the time. And she shared about one of the exercises that they did. And I found it so powerful, and I hope I can explain it as well as she explained it. But they would take um, folks from both sides of the conflict, people that had been really hurt and people that had done harm, and gather them together. And they had an exercise where they would be outside and gather in a place with trees in this wooded area. And she had a really, really, really long rope. And the rope was wrapped around a tree, 
and then either end of the rope, after many, many feet of slack, was tied around the ankle of two different people, one from each side of the forgiveness chasm. And she would just have them sort of navigate around this foresty area and notice what it was like to be bound, not only to the other person, but to the tree in the middle. And as you can imagine, with this sort of knot around the tree, even if they only moved a little bit on either side of it, it would sort of pull, and the other person would be really restricted. And it wasn't just their connection with each other, it was this tree in the middle just caused so much limitation, and of course the only way to get around that was for them to come together and to meet at the tree and to sort of do what we did as a human knot earlier and to put one step over another and untangle themselves from the tree. She said it was always this beautiful moment and it didn't mean that there was forgetting. It didn't mean that there was no hurt still there. But there was this acknowledgement that the thing that had bound them so wholly to each other did not have to limit them anymore. And one of the reasons I love that story and that example so much is because it reminds us that in forgiveness, no matter how far apart we feel from the other party, in some way we are still connected. And not only are we still connected with the person that we need to forgive or that needs to forgive us, but we are connected to all of those who have forgiven us in the past and those who we might forgive in the future, that we truly are connected to one another. And our forgiveness from God is bound up in that as well. You can't move together when you have this anchor holding you down. And even when the anchor is gone, you're limited in certain ways, but you can move in a direction. You're not as pulled down by the other. I think what Peter sees in this answer, in this parable, or at least what Jesus hopes Peter sees, is that our forgiveness from God impacts our forgiveness with everybody else. We often want it to read a little more like a sensible equation. We want to know who has to forgive who first and for how many years and at what time and then do I take the next step. Some people will argue that because God forgave us, then we are free to do the forgiving. Others say, no, 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 we have to do the forgiving first in order for God to forgive us. But I actually think this story is God saying, the order does not matter. Know that my forgiveness is bound up so tightly in who you are as an individual and as a community, and we can be a people of forgiveness together. Would you all pray with me? God of grace, we find ourselves tied up in knots, sometimes around an anchor that feels more immovable than a tree, a hurt, something, God, that we cannot imagine loosening ourselves from. 
God, may we know that even if we are not ready to come toward that tree yet, that you meet us in your forgiveness, that you show us the way through Jesus Christ so that we might be a part of a forgiveness story even if it's not our chapter yet. God, bless us as we seek to be people of forgiveness and hope. In the name of Christ, amen.